All right, welcome in. This is 300 Yards to Unknown. I'm Rick Game, and that right there, the one, the only Eric Patterson, who you can find at EPAT Golf. EPAT, what up, dude? Not much, Rick. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, not happy that I already see the PGA Tour scoring leaderboard is already down for the day. So a tough start for the for the crew in La Quinta. Mid-season form, PGA Tour <laughs> scoring is down. Uh, even so, the app apparently is is up and running. Uh, the RickRunGood.com live leaderboard is up and running. But the you know e- even even the stuff that's coming in, I, I was telling you. Uh, I guess they had one of one of Doc Redman's holes incorrect, so they took a birdie off the board for him. I mean, it's just you, you, I, it's you never know what to trust out there. You can't get too excited when you see a guy go a couple under to start the day at the Nicholas Course. Nothing like one of the uh, the richest of sports organizations in North America not being able to figure out their scoring, but it's an ongoing theme with with our friends over at the tour. It would, you know, what you know what might help is. Is if they did these every single week, you know, they might get into <laughs> yeah, get a bit of a, of a flow. <laughs> yeah, get into a routine, right? You know, figure it out from week to week, learn from your mistakes, all that good stuff. So I, I think they should have these. I don't know, call it fifty times a year, uh, and really, really start figuring this out. So hopefully, one day they'll be able to take us uh, take take us up on that. That's the dream. We'll we'll get there <laughs> one day. Yeah. Uh, this episode, uh, what we dedicated uh, our our time to was was the Tiger documentary on from on HBO, which aired over the course of the past couple of weeks in a in a two part segment. So that was our plan. We're gonna, still going to do that. We're going to come on here, uh, but a little monkey wrench to start off the uh, the ep here, Epat, because. We got news this week that Tiger Woods underwent a fifth, count them, five back surgeries, this time to alleviate a pressurized disc fragment in his back that was causing pain, pinched nerve, all that good stuff. So we'll get into that a little bit, but your initial reactions to Tiger Woods once again under the knife. Not a headline, not a news story you want to write or read. Um, I mean, I, it was a quiet Tuesday and then boom, the little late, late Tuesday news dump, the tiger went under the knife for the fifth time on his back is not what you want to hear. Uh, we were, you know, this, I was, I was actually getting ready for him to announce that he was going to be playing next week at the farmers. I was getting excited for tiger's return. This is when tiger kind of gets going this and then Genesis. And now, um, he didn't really say when he's going to be back. Rory's indicated that he might be back, hopefully back for the masters, but yeah, this is definitely, concerning although a lot of people are saying at the same time that it's expected too because of how his back was put together and just his age that there are going to be parts of it that wear down and just kind of comes with the territory you were actually as you always are uh out in front of this a bit so so you actually tweeted out a photo or excuse me a video from the pnc championship where uh tiger and charlie are on the driving range warming up and he kind of takes this little awkward swing, gives up on the shot, doesn't hit a ball winces and, and kind of walks back to his bag. And, and we come to find out now a few weeks later that yes, indeed uh, that back pain uh, was felt at the PNC championship. So you were almost foreshadowing this uh, a little bit as you, as you tend to do Eric. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, he does wins from time to time. And obviously he has discomfort more than we, than he probably leads on to it. Just, I remember when him and Charlie, they announced that they were going to play together. And I think I came on here and just asked kind of why now? Um, because it did oh. seem a little forced. It seemed right. rushed uh, almost out of nowhere. 
I, even after like a season where he didn't play great, he, he, you know, he missed the players because of injury. So these, these lingering effects have been kind of going on for a while. And I just, I thought about why now, and maybe this is why, because uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe he knows that the, the end is near or something because it mm. did seem forced. And unfortunately now he's going under, under the knife again. It's, it definitely sucks. Yeah, it does suck. You, you mentioned that some people have been describing this as um, not necessarily surprising, obviously a big deal, but not necessarily surprising. There was a a really good write up in the, I'm going to get this wrong. So I'm not even going to say it. there was a really good article. I think it was the New York times. Do not quote me on that from when he had that spinal fusion uh, surgery a couple right. of years ago. And essentially it was like, yeah, like this is a really great procedure for like your average person not necessarily your professional golfer who wants to swing hard and put a bunch of torque on it and then also it is not a miracle worker right it is not a miracle cure and there will continue to be deterioration and and there may be uh more procedures in the future and this would be the first back procedure since that point so that is what you're saying when 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 you say this is not necessarily surprising i assume that's where your head is at. Yeah, I think Daniel Rappaport from Golf Digest, uh, he put together an article just outlining that this was almost expected, that more surgeries are going to be needed because like, like you said, that fusion surgery, I don't know everything about it, but I'm pretty sure that's supposed to get people up and moving again, maybe have, you know, have a dad play with their kids or something so they don't aren't right. constantly in chronic back pain. It's not for a guy to come back and um, put in, you know, play play 20 tournaments a year and keep swinging it as ferocious as tiger does from time to time it's just uh that's not what the surgery is for and now he's feeling the um you know the impacts of of doing what he's doing but um i just i pray that he can he can come back and and play again because uh i know we were on borrowed time with tiger when he when he started coming back in 2018 and this is almost more of like a wake-up call as to that you know that is the truth now this is borrowed time this is in the final mm. chapter of his career and we just have to take every start with uh you know almost you have to like you, you got to look and remember that we're actually lucky to be getting this part of uh this this side of tiger and and these events out of tiger yeah and the the statement that's released uh, i guess in combination from tiger and his agent you know it's it, it outlines the kind of a lot of stuff that we've talked about already and there was one one phrase in there that i thought was interesting and it says tiger's expected to make a full recovery which great that's awesome. I love it. That's what you want to hear. But to your point, what is a full recovery? Um, he's 45 years old, which is the wrong side of, of 40 when you are a professional golfer. Um, he's had five back surgeries. He did not play well in 2020. He missed, withdrew from the players because his body wasn't ready. His words, not mine. So so what? what is a full recovery and is there ever going to be a point that we do not have the highest of expectations for tiger woods right i mean expectations for him is when he plays he's supposed to win i've kind of been off of that like i i'm i'm in your boat eric which is like wow just enjoy it just enjoy that he's playing the masters just enjoy that he's out there and he goes off and rattles off a bunch of birdies in a row and he might not put, be able to put it together but I think we seriously need to uh, adjust our expectations. And yeah, they were obviously getting high. We, 
late last year, those expectations for me started to kind of dwindle. But I think most people weren't really on board that with that yet. They were just, uh, you know, accounting or attributing his lack of results, his poor results to a lack of play, a lack of practice. But now there's probably more to it. And if he does come back this year again, um, if he can just stay healthy and have fun doing it, and if if he wants to shut her down whenever he wants to shut it down, we got to be okay with that. I'm prepared for that. Um, if he doesn't ever make a full recovery from this, uh, again, I have no clue what it goes into a back surgery. Uh, but five of them seems like uh, five too many. I don't think we will ever get a Tiger Woods like, okay, this is my last tournament. It's been really fun, like that victory lap that sometimes you see other athletes take. You know, Derek Jeter got a full season's worth of farewell tours and these and guys in other sports, uh, you know, saying, okay, this is my last go around. I don't think we're ever going to get that. No, you don't really have that in golf ever, really. Like Tiger's going to play if he plays one tournament a year for the for the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it's going to be the Masters. And that's the only time we see him and that could be cool but that's just kind of how golf works you just wind down the calendar very slowly until until you're like i don't know jack's age when he started shutting it down into his 70s and just start says yeah this is definitely too much but um yeah rarely do does a guy just you know finish a tournament and just and walk away so i'm not really expecting that but i am you know he was playing i don't know what nine ten events maybe he only starts to play four or five a year it just uh that that's i think that's the next step for him and I also think, and this is kind of a, a natural transition into the the documentary a bit, um, the way that this dude's wired, like I still think that he thinks he's going to break Jack's record. Like, like I, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? So I don't think that like, you know, we talk about expectations and every time he's going to be asked a question, he's going to be like, oh, my expectations for this week? Yeah, winning. Like that's that's what I'm here to do. So he's not going to... I don't think he's going to just like, okay, shut it down. Like, like if he... I think... Here's the thing. I think if he had 19 majors right now, he'd shut it down. Oh and, and, yeah. hundred percent. You know what I mean? And he, he is chasing glory. He is chasing the idea of him being the greatest of all time. And this is like the only, you know, he's got to get to 83 and he's got to get to 19. And it, I, I just, that's what I think is going to keep a lot of this happening every year, right? Five, six times a year. We're going to see him. He's going to try to win a major or two in the next couple of years. And it's just like, we're going to have stories like this. He should honestly just play the Masters in the Open because I think he's proven the last couple of years the U.S. Open's not his not his jam anymore, and probably the PGA they're trying to trying to venture into that long bomb bomb and gouge type stuff too. So the Open and the and the Masters twice a year mix in I don't know mix in the Memorial mix in Genesis and that's his schedule until he's fifty. I need like uh I need like I need him to play like. I don't even know. I was gonna say the three M open. I, I need him to get to eighty three, right? Like I need, I need him to get to eighty three. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, don't th- I actually don't even think the three M open is the spot because, like, the harder it is, I think it's the better for Tiger. Like, it's just, it, it's gonna be r- not. Listen, the guy's had an unbelievable career. We'll talk about all that, but like, if he sits on eighty two and fifteen, and that's it, the wiki page in ten years is eighty two and and fifteen. I'd hate to see it. Really, I don't. <laughs> For me, eighty-two, like that—that's—that's uh, that's fine. He matched the record. Uh, he has plenty of other records that uh, he can he can claim. He doesn't need. I don't think he needs to beat Snead's record. Um, I don't know. I don't think that even matters to him, to be honest. I, I don't know. Some and, of the and, tournaments and, that Snead won doesn't okay. like it, <laughs> yeah. like you can chalk up some of those victories. There's like one round tournaments. So like, what eighty-two yeah. is made up kind of 
fictitious number. I was going to say the argument is that Tiger's 82 is uh, uh, infinitely like I, I don't even know how you'd quantify it because you're right. Some of some of those Sneed wins are 18 hole guys that are like you know their day jobs are not golfers. They're not golfers. Exactly. They're day- so so yes, of course it is it is completely different. But I I would just love to have his as his name be on on the podium without any uh, anybody else. I just don't want truthfully I don't want his last win to be the Zozo Championship in Japan that no one really watched. I don't wow. know. Like, yeah, that just doesn't really sit. It was a one off in Japan. Nothing against Japan, but like swing season event. It's just like it was in the middle of the night too. It was in like, the middle of the night. It was so it was anticlimactic. Um, it just wasn't a. I don't know. I Tiger needs to win on a Sunday in the summer in in the states for me. I don't know. The I'm picky. The the doc. You know uh, the one thing that I there there were so many good things about the doc and and we can talk about. Uh, all of them but the the one thing that was so jarring is and i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but there was a moment where i was like okay he's at 45 wins and he's 33 33 or or something they said that and i think that was after i guess i I don't know what year tiger turned 33 but it was after an injury maybe after 2008 it would have been it would have been like so he he's his birthday's like Christmas time. So if he was it would have been like two thousand seven or two thousand eight, something like that. Yeah. Like and I was like, damn, he was thirty-three then and he already had all those wins. And yeah. you think about thirty-three year olds now on the PGA tour, like DJ's older than thirty-three and he's still cleaning up. And then so that window for Tiger, that like thirty-four to forty window when you're really supposed to be making almost sometimes for some people that's like the the peak of their career. Or that's you know, that's like when they when they kind of max out and tiger was away from the game and, and struggling at that, at that stage. So it was, it was very surprising. Yeah, it, it was. And, and yeah, that my ears perked up when, when they said that. And he, I mean, I, I always go back to, um, there was, I, I can't remember what tournament it was. I think it was the Arnold Palmer invitational. I don't remember what year, but tiger woods, uh, makes the putt to win on the 72nd hole. And Jim Nance is on the call and his quote, he says, the drought is over. The drought was eight events. He played eight events without a win. That was the drought. Could you imagine those words being used to describe an eight event stretch without a victory like that? The, the talk about expectations, talk about what this guy was doing. I think that's the perfect example of it. Eight, eight events. That's like three months for Tiger. So that would, I mean, <laughs> that would like be a, a drought for him. He's winning every other time he played. Uh, but yeah, you can go the long list of, um, tiger tiger's the first to reach this the first to reach that youngest to do this um it's extremely long and you know that that documentary if we want to start talking about that touches on a lot of those things um starting when he was like 14 uh playing in the la open um just again if you haven't watched it please like stop stop this video right now (laughs) and go watch parts one and two like clear your schedule yeah, so um, the, these came out over the course of the past couple of weeks. HBO, each episode's about 90 minutes, so it's about three hours or so of, of content. And the first uh, part one to me, Eric, was very much about the foundation, the the relationship with, with Earl Woods, and literally as Tiger comes out of the womb, Earl starts to mold, right? And he starts to... Uh, kind of figure out and and train tiger and and turn him into what he's going to be and then you know part two which we'll get into is is kind of the 
now Tiger's all grown up and he's kind of living with these things that Earl might have taught him. And then we get into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the cheating scandals, the affairs, the, the partying, whatever it all that is. But let's start with, with part one here. I mean, I did not, I, I knew that Earl Woods played a huge role in this, but maybe I had forgotten or didn't realize like even the expectations then. Like this guy's like Earl Wood saying he's going to change the world. He's going to be like Gandhi. He's going to be like, that was big. like, like, yeah, like, like literally transcending, <laughs> transcending golf, which, which is crazy because that's true. That happened uh, to say that about like a two year old or like a six year old or whatever it was like, it's crazy. But then to be like, yeah, he's going to be the biggest philanthropist ever. It, it, you're, he's going to be remembered with, with Gandhi. Like that's, that's the expectation that your father's putting on you. So yeah, part one was a lot about Earl and um, obviously his influence on Tiger. And, you know, when you look back at Tiger's career and kind of the person he is and the things he did, um, I do attribute a lot of those to, you know, what Earl taught him or showed him or, uh, you know, kind of a lot of the ways Tiger just kind of emulated his dad. And even when his father was gone, it was just... Um, you definitely, you definitely see the commonality, the similarities between the two. And yeah, like that part one was almost like a bash piece on Earl because it, yeah, uh, it, it dove into like Earl, like, man, that they they brought that like assistant pro on at the, the army course. And like, mm-hmm. they talked about Earl's Winnebago and they would just be like, they would be having a lesson and then they, him and the uh, assistant pro would go have cocktails in the Winnebago while Tiger's on the putting green. And like from a young age, Tiger was exposed to what affairs are about like having a father just kind of going behind his mom's back and doing type uh, stuff like that with with whoever they could find at the golf course like it was like you almost have sympathy for tiger like he at, at like i don't know how old he was 12 years old 13 years old he's seeing his dad do this and and seems perfectly normal he kind of idolized his dad and then it makes a lot of sense when tiger's 27 28 30 married have a couple of kids that, you know, he's the most famous athlete in the world and he's doing a lot of the same thing. So like that, that part of the story just uh, obviously stuck out. Like you, you can bash tiger for doing all those terrible things to, to Elon, but at the same time, he learned it from his dad. Yeah. And, and you, you hear, okay, you know, my, my dad's my, my idol. He's my best friend. He's, he's, he's everything. That's what tiger's saying as he's growing up. The, the part one was uh, certainly, you know, you talk about, um, you know, what was this doc? Was it salacious? I don't think so. Was it factual? Sure. Of course. Uh, but, but it was almost an Earl Woods hit piece. Uh, he, he is, he's cast as the villain in this, right? I mean, that that's the villain. He's like, yeah, he created this machine, but didn't mold uh, like a human type thing. Like he just built him up to play golf, but have no other real skills or, um, you know, like his girlfriend was like, yeah the experiences they would have together and and how she talked about i think they went to like the either like a bowling alley or a movie theater and like that was something tiger had never done before so like they they were i don't know in high school and tiger was experiencing so many new things for the first time and then you get this like bizarre breakup where tiger clearly was like (laughs) i don't even know if tiger wrote it or what who wrote it but he signed it um probably word for word out of his parents mouth to to break up with her and it was just like the the amount of control like they're also of the there was also like a line where where earl's talking about how you know if tiger wants to go into bowling or he's he mentioned a few other sports like we'll let him do that and like i 
truthfully don't think that was ever the case. Like Tiger was, no. Tiger was going to be a golfer as soon as Earl fell in love with the game. And, and and then also once he kind of became a golfer and he had that teacher who was like, oh, why don't you let him play other sports? And Earl was like, nah, you got to, fo- he's got to focus on, he's got to focus on golf. That's what he's, it's like on. a, That's and you bullshit. see that now with like a lot of, at least up here, like you can get some pretty controlling parents for their kids' hockey careers. And they're like eight years old. And like, only thing they do is play hockey. And they, they all throughout the summer, they're playing hockey. They're only hanging out with their teammates. So like, it's the Earl's not the only parent who's ever done this to a kid before. Right. It's, it's yeah. Uh, unfortunately this happens a lot and uh, a lot of them don't end up being tiger woods or anything close to it. And you just don't hear those stories because they don't end up turning out that way. Um, the, the note, right. So, so his like, I guess first long term ish girlfriend, they were like, were together in high school or whatever, went to prom. Um, uh, what's her name? Dina, right. I think is her yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. So gets this, Our- this, this breakup letter, which, almost certainly Earl is dictating over his shoulder word for word that like, Hey, I, you know, I need to focus on other things that are not you, which is an incredible thing to happen anyway. But also this woman keeps this note for however long I like, she should like, how much do you think I, I should, so if she put that, if she put that note up for auction right now, right now, after this doc, how much could she get for that? That would fetch a lot. Six six a figures, ton. probably. Yeah. A nice... <laughs> it is crazy <laughs> to think about. But, I mean, that girl, obviously, she was... Uh, she talks about it at the end of part two, how she she was almost... She watched the Tiger DUI video. Like, she obviously is still emotionally attached to Tiger and knows a different yeah. side of Tiger that no one else does. And those are some of, like, my favorite parts of the documentary is, like, tiger getting ready for prom and just being like a like a goofy kid like things we've never seen before um so like you knew the kid was in there he just never really had a chance to be one so and and the only time he could was at his girlfriend's house so um there was almost that like uh you know rebellious aspect or part of his um like who he was from a, from an early age. Like he, he had one life at home and he had one life when he was with his girlfriend or out with his, with, out with his friends. And that's something that he kind of takes with him for, uh, almost for the rest of his life, I guess. I'm, I'm, um, I guess I'm not surprised that they were able to get her on. They were able to get Stevie Williams on, um, which apparently from what I understand, reading, reading some of the articles that were written about that took months to get them and like convince them that like this story should be told. I don't know if they were compensated for it. I don't know if I would assume they were, I mean, they have to be right. It's HBO. HBO has got a bunch of money. Why would you go on and say that stuff? But, but even still, I thought that, uh, Dina, I thought that Stevie Williams, even some of these people that he might've wronged, they still seemed pretty loyal and they still seemed like they had good things to say. I mean, Stevie Williams, who was fired, by his, Tiger's agent, right? Like pretty cold, and apparently they do not talk much or have not spoken since. And I think Tiger was Stevie Williams' best man. Is that what that is that what I heard? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Like Tiger has a history of just cutting people off, and yeah. these people who have been cut off almost have sympathy for him because, uh, in a way, they they probably don't believe that Tiger was the one making that final call. Um, he's always had a a team around him, people directing him into in to do certain things or say certain things. And uh starting with Dina, yeah, I don't think Tiger made that call. I'm not sure if 
Tiger made the Stevie call. There was another girl in there. I forget her name, but she was a friend of Tiger's that hasn't heard from him in, in oh, years. Yeah. Um, I think early in his career that, again, someone he's just completely removed from his life. So Tiger keeps his bubble small. And and if you're not talking to him anymore, they're going to talk uh, on an HBO documentary, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess after the car accident, um, he, he changed his phone number, wiped it, and then only, you know, it was almost like a clean slate. The guy almost like tried to hit the reset button and, and clean slate this thing. And then, you know, part two is very much uh, about the uh, the affairs, right? And and him going to Vegas and being with, you know, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and um, ha- hanging out with escorts in the six figures and all that good stuff. And and having these relationships and 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 it seems like so so the, it it centered a lot around uh Rachel Yucatel who is the, the the main name that you get out of this right that's when kind of all this news broke that uh Tiger was having an affair and and she very much thought they were you know in a relationship in a in a loving relationship and and I kind of got the vibe that he might be saying a lot of that similar stuff to a lot of women that's that one there was one girl who, who went on like national tv after and like said that she loved him and I, I again i don't think they were the only ones and they talked about that a bit how tiger well he wasn't just you know sleeping around and and uh you know moving on and turning the page or never talking to him again he was forming some relationships with these people so he had like six or a handful of them at the same time and they were almost disappointed to learn that they weren't the only ones so it was like everyone was kind of getting cheated on at the same time. So it was, I mean, I didn't know, truthfully, I didn't know about the first girl, the, the Perkins, um, waitress. waitress. Yeah. Like, like by his house, right? Like the Perkins in Florida by his place. And they covered that up with a men's health magazine appearance or whatever it was. That that was insane. And because national Enquirer was run by the same publication of that, of men's health. So, I forget what year that was, but uh, a year or two before, like people knew about it. Tiger's team knew about it, swept it under the rug with a free cover shoot, and then um, obviously couldn't couldn't really help himself and had to keep it, keep it going. The National Enquirer, which is obviously known for its very salacious and, from what I understand, most of the time straight fake. up false. She, right? Yeah, just like fake things so like I, honestly if 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 a story came out about tiger woods having multiple mistresses on the national Enquirer, and i saw that in the grocery store i'd be like okay like and and because the next Whoa. headline is tom hanks saw aliens like you know what i mean like it's it's right they did it. that for a for a like a two period for a two-day window they convinced <laughs> elon that the national Enquirer story was That's completely right. false That's and right. then because two days later, the car, the car accident happens, and then they they cut to like a news reporter, and they're like, a few days ago, the National Enquirer put this on the front of their page, so we don't know if these are related, but it uh, turns out it was. So yeah, part two was definitely, um, they talked a lot about it. They did talk a lot about the golf too, uh, like his, his injuries, um, yeah. which I found, I mean, I didn't realize that Tiger was that deep into Navy SEALs training. And like after the death of his father, he was like, I knew he just, I knew he hung out with them, but I didn't really realize he was, you know, in there doing some of like the combat drills and getting hurt and um, taking a beating. And they said that his left knee was the one that kept getting hurt and injured. And then you, you realize that the same one that he was hobbling around on at the U S open. So uh, Stevie said it too, like, you know, Injuries are self-inflicted. I don't know what he was yep. doing, but this is this is all on him, really. 
self-inflicted could have been honestly that could have been the name of this documentary right i mean stevie, stevie williams uh the the, the injury use that word to describe the injuries just as you are describing the navy steel seal stuff is crazy for like a top athlete to put himself through that um and, and also you know my wife and i were talking about this and it was just like it's I don't know how I feel about, you know, feel for Tiger after this. Like a lot of it we knew. Um, I don't, like, I don't feel sorry for the guy. Like I, I do not. It's all, you know, it's all self-inflicted. Uh, I guess the only sympathy I have towards him is literally this guy's whole life has been like in front of a camera. It has yeah. been like, like, like literally, right. I mean, he goes on TV when he's two years old and then as he's growing up, uh, every, the guy can't walk around. I mean, there was, there was a point where he got into scuba diving a lot. And that makes yeah. a ton of sense because he was like, like the fish don't know who I am. Like that is probably the only place on the planet this guy can go and not be recognized or bothered or whatever. And he's like, you know, how many feet down into the ocean? Like it's, it's crazy. So that's the only thing that like, I am like, okay, like I, I get it, but it, this is, this is very much a story of, of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. I, for me, I don't, I don't think it changes my opinion on him. It obviously uh, reveals he's never like you said from the from the moment he started walking it was never a normal life at all they had little glimpses of it here and there but for the most part he was always kind of destined to be in front of a camera or was going to be in front of a camera and never have any privacy and it's ironic that his um his yacht's name is actually privacy and probably the only place that he can kind of get away and and be by himself or be with his family so yeah i don't have I don't have sympathy. Like I, I don't feel bad for him. I, uh, part of it, I am empathetic towards just because like, you know, he's never gone to like a grocery store and just been able to buy a banana without getting like mauled. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I, that's just the life that he's lived. And, um, the one that it's kind of evolved into, which you feel bad for, because that's just, that sounds so stressful all the time. And you're always, you kind of held up to, a. I guess like you're idolized and, and looked up to and every, every step you take is, is going to be judged. And unfortunately he took a lot of bad steps and missteps that were uh, judging and going to stick with him forever. And like, there was a part where he talks about explaining it to his kids. Like that's, that's where I feel, I mean, that's gotta be one of the hardest conversations yeah. to have over and over again, because Especially I feel for like Charlie and Sam, like they, they'll learn about this eventually. And those are just difficult, extremely difficult conversations to have. Especially because you have to figure out, okay, what age do we want to talk about this? Because uh, if they Google my name, they're going to find out. If they if they type Tiger Woods into the internet, they're going to find out. Someone at school is going to say something to them. Like, like it, it, yes, okay. I, that is definitely like the shittiest part of all of this is that he now has to explain this to his children. And that's obviously terrible. Yeah, he has to explain a, a, quite a lot. and. Um... Yeah, it's unfortunate and kind of goes back to the PNC. Like this is, we know what Tiger was through and now Charlie's in front of a, a, a camera age 10 too and people are doing the same thing. And it just not, maybe not that, to that degree, but I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot going on there with with comparisons and it just, you don't want to start this cycle again. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's strange to be just the, the comparisons between Tiger and Charlie kind of, I don't know we we don't have to talk about that but it, it's it's a it's a slippery slope sure uh the the thing that throughout that whole at least the second part that i was just so i don't know what the word surprised shocked 
uh, appalled. I don't know. The, the National Enquirer, dude. So they get this story. Oh, that guy was that guy he, was that guy was legal. like a we that's exactly <laughs> right. He was licking his chops. Like he was he was thrilled to have dirt on somebody, right? Like that's what he lives for. Loves yeah. ruining people's lives. Like he, you know, he got the call that we have this on Tiger and he lights up and I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, first of all, so, so they trade this, they trade, you know, the, the, the Perkins waitress for this shoot on men's fitness on the cover of men's fitness. Right. That's and then the they trade. pretty much start stalking him. Yes. Then they follow him everywhere he goes. Uh, and everywhere Rachel, you goes for like years until they, until they catch him in what Australia together or whatever. And like yeah. literally, like in the elevator with her, seeing what room she goes into, like that. Like after you signed this deal for like this one piece of information, you're gonna go try to get this another another piece of information. Like I, it, that was just not crazy. Like, you they should have known that you know the National Enquirer wasn't gonna really stop. But like some of the greasy pictures of Tiger at the club, like through like crowds of people, like this blurry photo. They had photos of him doing anything and everything that could have been. Um, you know, added into this story to make this this piece come to life, and yeah, that I didn't realize the Australian Masters was when it uh, kind of all <laughs> went south. Um, a low key event in like uh, November, and and Tiger needed Rachel down there, which is again maybe goes back to the relationship they actually did have, and it was uh, probably stronger than just an affair. But um, yeah, to to stalk them, to to travel and and follow them until. You know, she walked into Tiger's hotel room to say that, you know, we got you now. This is it. Right. Uh, that's it's a lot of work, but I, I I don't know what I don't know what the business of paparazzi and and that is all about. But yeah, apparently pretty good if you can. Apparently if you can good. Tiger Woods and something if you can pay the expenses of following him around for a couple of years. Um, you know, it, it does kind of you know at the last twenty minutes or so does really at least try to focus on the return the 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 upward swing a bit it's it's tiger winning uh winning the masters in 2019 you get a, the bit from from jim nance a return to glory you get all of that and and i think what we've noticed at least over the past couple of years is the on course version of tiger is very different right i mean he would never smile yeah. he would never uh, give away a tip to anybody. He would now he's kind of buddy buddy with these guys. You see him more. The thing he did with Kevin Na when he walked in that butt, he would have never ever done. Like no. it, so, so you are seeing a different version of at least on course Tiger as he's now you know over forty. And I a lot of it, you know, he he hit rock bottom there. I would say that that's the whole video of him and getting a, like pulled over, arrested the DUI. Like that was, he said he was in orange County. Like he was an yeah. absolute, that was, and I, he probably would, if you asked him, he would probably say that's like, you obviously would never answer, but um, that's probably rock bottom for him. And definitely a huge, huge wake up call. And it's almost bred new life into him in this, these last few years. And it, yeah, like you said that I didn't, you know, I laughed at that Kevin Nah thing, but I didn't really, if you, when you think about actually what he's doing in that moment is something that Tiger for, you know, 20 years before would never think about doing um, right. on a golf course in the heart of competition. So yeah, we are, we're getting this new, we're getting a new side of him now where, where he smiles, where he has friends on tour. It looks like he has friends on tour. Um, yeah, <laughs> a, a completely different uh, animal now. You know what I, I kind of got a kick out of was the disdain for Phil Mickelson, who is I was just about like... to bring that up. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of my favorite part was his mom. His mom is like the killer. 
Yeah. Like oh, she right. was the yeah, one right. that instilled like, you, you know, don't just beat these guys, but step on their throats. And the fact that they're, <laughs> what was it? Final round of 2001 masters. That sounds about right. Where I, I, I could be wrong. It was a final round of one of them, but Tiger and, and Phil were together. And at the time, Phil was a little rounder in shape and Tiger looks like he just stepped out of the gym. And I, mm -hmm. the fact that T Tiger's mom calls him Hefty Mickelson. <laughs> That's is, so good. I audibly laughed when I heard that because, yeah. yeah, that just like, that just like a level of like almost hatred to towards a, a rival of Tiger's. I mean, I, it is kind of interesting, right? I mean, is, is anybody more talented, uh, like more like just, gifted talent than phil mickelson right exactly, i mean yeah. and that pro if you are Tiger, and you're try. Working, yeah and you're working that hard and this guy's like competing and winning a lot like that might that might be bothersome and like yeah it, like i get it and to hear that to hear the nickname hefty like that was that was kind of brilliant like i thought that was a great moment of like and i also think that tiger and a lot of you'll see a lot of top athletes do this right like they they want the chip on their shoulder Right? I mean, Brooks does this. Brooks does this. Any comment you make, he's like, okay, throw it in the feeder. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this out later. Like to, to be able to focus his energy on Phil as, as the villain, as the guy who's like, he shouldn't be winning. He's not working hard enough for this. I'm going to go out and, and put my foot on his throat. Like, I, I think he looks for stuff like that. Yeah. That, yeah. Same with like, that's pretty much what the entire last dance was about was, was MJ right. just collecting any piece of uh, dirt on someone or using it yeah, as motivation. Yeah, a coach didn't say hi to him at dinner. And he was yeah. like, I got to oh, beat him in the finals. I now. remember that. Yeah, exactly. So Tiger, I guess, was in a way like that with uh, with Phil, even though I don't know if Phil said something, but just <laughs> the aura of Phil just irked the Woods family and Tiger just had to go out there and kick his ass. That is absolutely hilarious. I um, love the... Uh, before I've just one, my favorite nugget of the entire um, documentary was the fact that Tiger pulled over on the highway in Toronto. We got a shout out. Oh, there you go. So Tiger, I guess on the way back from Glen Abbey, probably in 2000, had a swing thought and tells Stevie Williams, oh, yeah. pull over. I need to go. I, I And then gets out of the car and just starts working on whatever it was. So I'm thinking there's someone here in Canada says that they saw Tiger Woods on the side of the highway. No one ever <laughs> believed them their entire lives. This documentary comes out and goes, ha, I told you. Just, I just knew validated, I saw. validated that story. I told you 25 years ago, I saw this or whatever, 20 years ago. Uh, that's so good. O overall, EPAT, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a HBO documentary. So it was, uh, I think it was very well produced. I think it was very well put together. I think it was a great story. Uh, whether you like the story or not, um, it, it appeared to be very factual, right? I did not find it to be salacious i did not find it to be slander or anything yeah. like that and i thought it was a good i thought it was a good story what what part of it could be false like i don't even know what part of it could be inaccurate yeah i don't know like that's where tiger's agent said salacious but maybe i don't know maybe some of the details about the actual affairs or whatever it might be incorrect but um i don't see why any of those people on there would have a reason to lie about it so it is it is one side of the story it'd be incredible to get tiger to talk about it i mean like that would be this i don't think it'll ever happen but no. maybe maybe in tiger's like final final few years he'll have a revelation where he needs to tell his whole story but you know what he um, needs to do he needs to like he needs to go broke if he was if he was broke he would sell a book deal or he'd sell like a documentary deal that's the only way you'd get this story out of him <laughs> I don't know. Tiger, what? He hit a billion, billion, yeah, first billion dollar athlete. So right. I don't know if he'll it's hurt. I don't know if he'll go broke. But that's the only way you'd ever get it, which in turn is to say 0% you're ever getting this story. Maybe, even if they had uh, 
it would be interesting to get Phil's thoughts on it. Maybe some other people on the tour, like some people who are close to him now. Um, Nota Begay. Yeah, Nota Begay. Like anyone like of that in his inner circle to tell some of the story, just to just to know what kind of was going on in Tiger's side during all of this. But um, I just, that'll never happen as we've seen. The only people who are talking are the ones who no longer talk to Tiger. So it just right. is what it is. But definitely like for people to say they like were going to, not watch it or thought it was you know over the top i i don't agree with any of those sediments i agree um okay anything rory else? mcelroy might be back this might be the year of rory if rory shoots a uh, rory shoots a bogey free eight under round in his first round of, of 2021 oh man i got the warm and fuzzies i got him that was it was beautiful this is like i i mentioned this in my newsletter just rory starting the year in january in dubai and in the on the european tour just feels a lot more natural like you it's i don't know it, it makes him like european again in a way like oh t- rory just came one twice in in the middle east and now he's coming to the players he's showing up for whatever the genesis like oh. it just i don't know in a, in a Ryder cup year i feel like we need like rory doing some absolute damage on the european tour and then just shows up to the pga strutting his stuff uh, so next week's farmers, right? So Rory, those guys usually don't come back from that, right? They don't come back and play the next week. So Rory's not playing farmers next week. I don't think so. I think uh, I could be wrong. It, it, it'll be interesting to see who does play, but they do have another tournament in Dubai next week. So, so those got, Oh yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, Rory's obviously played Tory before and uh, maybe they don't yeah. want to like see it. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, but and they also, but it's it's rare. Like I, I can't like Patrick Reed's the only guy who would play over there and then fly back the next week and play. It's pretty rare for those guys. To do that. Yeah, I think they got like this the Saudi International, so a lot of guys will fly out for that. I think Brooks being one of them, uh, Reed, Bryson, yeah, they'll be there. But um, yeah, next week, next week is almost like a little U.S. Open tune-up for uh, for some of the guys. I know Kepka came out this week and said he's pretty much using next week as preparation for the U S open. And then they asked, well, okay, why are you playing in the desert or whatever it is, the American express? Yeah, and goes, no, well, I want to, I want to be ready to be ready in a way. So like <laughs> knock off the rust and then go see what his real games like at Torrey Pines. So the, I, if you're expecting anything out of Brooks this week, I, I would uh, lower those expectations. All right. Well, we'll see that right there. Eric Patterson at EPAT golf. You can find his work on the score. You can find his quick nine, uh, which I will of course link in the description below. EPAT. Thanks my dude. Anytime Rick. We'll talk next week. Uh, Tori, this used to be in your backyard. Not anymore. I know. And you know what? I was gonna, I I don't, I don't think they're doing fans. Uh, well, actually I had, I had, I guess both a pass and tickets, but I don't think that's happening. And now I'm four hours away so yeah i will i will not be there this but this is where we met for the first like a week ago wow that was good memory about that. a year ago a year next ago, week we crossed paths for the first time how about that a lot has changed since i was gonna say the world's very different <laughs> but can't i can't wait till we can get back out to another event you oh yeah that'll be great uh all right that'll do it this has been 300 yards to unknown see ya